Hello, and welcome to The Perfect Blend. I'm Shelly. And I'm Candy. And we are here today to share about a book and have some tea. I can't wait to share it. Okay, so tell us the book that we've read. The book that that we read is called The Science of Time Travel by Elizabeth Howe, PhD. The secrets behind time machines, time loops, and the realities and more. (laughs) She had this really long extra title there. Share about your tea. I'm I I uh I'm drinking dandelion leaf and root because it's good for digestion because I needed it after reading this book. I'll just say that. Oh, I'll go into it more <laughs> later. It's good that we don't always have a book that we gush over or agree on. My tea is from Winterwoods Tea Company, and it is just because it's a delight. And I loved it. (laughs) And it's called Trailhead Huckleberry. It's a a mixture of some berry and uh, has blackberry, huckleberry. I've never had a huckleberry. Mm -mm. So I'll be a huckleberry. I I hear that all the time. Oh my gosh, that's from like Wyatt Earp, isn't it? Yep. Tombstone, I think it is. Tombstone, one of them. Yep. That's what I said in my head every time I'm drinking this. And uh, elderberries, hibiscus, cornflower, rose hips. So it's really good. Good for your immunity. That would have been good for you when you were sick. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to not get sick again. So kiss <laughs> everything. But there, it's delicious. And I, I love the smell of it. Good. All right. Let's get into this book. There, this was our, our first nonfiction book or our speculative fiction our speculative nonfiction book, because it's hard to call a time travel book nonfiction, but it is all about the science of time travel, which actually doesn't exist. It does cover each of the different types of time travel that we've talked about through the through the month. She does, we talk about memory as time travel. We talked about the quantum reality of strangeness, and we've mm-hmm. talked about the alternate realities and the science of the times that's spurring on the writer's imaginations of time travel. She's a little bit all over the place with something. She got my dander up. That's why I'm drinking <laughs> dandelion tea. So she does a good catalog of time travel. Um, yeah. In spanning. And maybe not ones we would pick, but... She did go a long way back. Some of them I had never heard of. There's a lot about time travel book and stories that, of course, I don't know. (laughs) I read a lot, but there's a lot that I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so there was definitely some here that I was like, I have not even heard of that. And what a strange one to pick, you know? She does do it in four parts. So she has four different eras. So she does like the old school. She does what's called the golden age, uh, a section on blockbusters, which was a lot about movies. And then what she calls the modern era and some of the titles in there, we love. And she had some good caveats in there. You know, like good stories are timeless, but they are the challenge is in finding an audience. And that's true because we have, there's so many people who just say they don't have time to read, but you actually have to get beyond that mindset of, I don't have time. It's old. It's not going to be relevant. It's well, hard. You know, I do like that there was a couple of pieces that she pulled in 
that she said, do they stand the test of time? Like a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court has been considered a, a classic. And although I've read a lot of Mort to Arthur, the Connecticut Yankee book, I sure I started, I don't, I know I never finished it. So some of the things that she said in there about it being tied to the cultural, cultural beliefs of that, of the time that it was written is important to remember if you are going to read certain things, but, and it kind of hasn't stood the test. I don't think anybody would really want to read that and consider the time travel pieces that are in there. I mean, people do, but in general, modern society, kids as a, as a, and it is a classical piece, but I, I don't know that it stood the test of time in my opinion. And the other ones that she had posted were a little, I didn't really, some of them I didn't know, like the Roman one Mm -hmm. with a guy. I don't, I didn't know what that was. It was, uh, I guess it was the first one, 7063. Yeah, she went way back. Yeah. So it's neat that in those early pieces, this is what I took away from those early pieces, that time travel was, some of the pieces were just straight up, straight imperialism, just let's go back to medieval times or let's go back to Roman times and just continue our imperialistic, you know, colonial Mm -hmm. mentality on another culture even earlier than the cultures that we did it to (laughs) but it's a it's a unit it's something that's been around right for a long long time the methods of time travel were for writers at that time were a bump on the head a long deep sleep a strike of lightning until you get to wells's time the time machine and he and the lightning is still kind of part of that, but he really that's that's the age that's the beginning of the industrial age. I look at that as the the world's fair. Remember we talked about that mm-hmm. science that came out and just brought everybody into this new science reality, this new mechanical age. And so that to me is still considered to me one of the first ways that people started thinking about the power of mechanics, lightning, electricity, and the amazing possibilities of could we time travel, you know? She she had a quote that science fiction encourages us to think critically about the world around us and to look at the past and the future with an eye to what technology used to work and what technology does or will work in the future. It mm-hmm. just, it's like Dr. Seuss sitting in his office and he's got a picture of an elephant on the wall and the wind blows and it makes the elephant look like it's sitting on a tree. And he mm-hmm. automatically thinks, why would an elephant be sitting in a tree? And a story is born. And it's that's kind of science fiction. <laughs> well, hmm, how would this happen? And what would, you know, what would you do in order to time travel? And I think the early, one of the points that she makes too, is that the early writers of time travel and the predominant writers of science fiction at that time and that were men because they were the ones that were getting the science experiences in universities and colleges and things that women were not getting and so it came from their perspective too she does talk about that a lot a lot it's almost it was I liked the the beginning up until she gets to the movie timeline around there when she starts talking about the movies 
The movie she has a whole a different agenda. agenda. She mm-hmm. goes into pop psychology that has really nothing to do with the story. It's like, oh, I thought of this. Let me put my little two cents worth in about this that has nothing to do with time travel. And I got so I was furious. It was a little it was a little off-putting on some of it. I agree. It was mm-hmm. a lot off-putting for me. <laughs> I just totally, I was talking with the hubs about it last night and I'm, I'm getting hot all over again. Um, it just, it really, one, I realize, and you have to realize that when these stories were written, times were different. Times were different. That's all you need to be aware of. If you're writing a time travel book and you tell me that it's about the science of time traveling, then I'm expecting you to go into these stories and dive into the the loops, the things that you mentioned in the book. I don't want to know about how you studied Russia, Russian until you didn't need <laughs> it anymore to tie into something. I don't want to know about flow and this and Mihai Chisin Mihai. I thought you would love that part. <laughs> no, it made me mad because she's just pulling all this pop psychology stuff and adding I wanted a red pen. Because mm-hmm. if I were editing, I would have crossed out those sections. They had nothing to do, really, with time travel and the movies and books that she was referring to. It was really strange. Like, when the one, the one part, the first part that really kind of got me a little bit, like, was Slaughterhouse-Five. And that was actually in the very beginning. When she starts talking about PTSD, and she goes down this whole route of understanding war trauma which isn't really the time travel in Slaughterhouse Five. And then she kind of gets back to the hippocampus and how that affects our ideas about what is time because changes from PTSD in your hippocampus can make you not able to know the difference from the past and the present. And perhaps that might be part of what is like a flashback issue in war trauma or other PTSD type trauma. And she, and she just starts listing all kinds of strange traumas. It was to, like you said, if I had to circle the thread between the story that she chose, it's time travel idea, and then her links to her other pieces that that were sort of about time travel in that one essay or in each essay, it was strange because there would, then there would be quite a bit more on uh, social issues and, and things like that. And I I was very strange that sometimes it was the biggest part of the essay because each one was an essay, you know, in a way. Right. Well, she, she broke each part down. She talked about the science fiction. Then she'd go off on her pop psychology tangent. And then she would talk about the legacy of the movie. And, you know, sometimes she said some things and I thought, that's insulting. <laughs> that's insulting to say that I'm not going to realize. Say it. Let me, I wrote it down. Yeah, she criticized movies based on what's going on today, which is, to me, pointless. That's not what this book is about. You are here to talk about science fiction and time travel it was not at all what I thought I was going to get into when we when I started reading it you're right Uh, and then when when some of the social issues came up I even had questions like she she did try to delve into uh, persons of color writers and um, women writers and and she picked few but I was like of all of them I'm like why didn't she pick Octavia Butler why are we not talking about Octavia Butler African-American woman who wrote the first woman's view on time travel 
and Ooh. and this uh, the, with the kindred but this was I was like what and I'm like going I keep going well maybe she just never heard of it or maybe it was not I don't know I mean I I often hmm. question how I didn't hear of it earlier than I did because it was just uh, strange that that was I felt like that would was a seminal piece of time travel and marginalized perspectives which she went on and on about marginal situations peoples and perspectives and so I was kind of like well where is Octavia (laughs) she has a PhD that's something she could have researched you know if you're going to bring this up with all these movies that you pick and and writing that you pick why didn't you go research some other voices of time travel if you're going to do that, but you know, if you want to do that book, that's great. But this book was yeah. supposed to be about these things and the time travel. Right. And I'm well aware that people aren't heard and should be heard and should tell their stories. I, I understand that. And I'm all for it, but this was not the time or place to do that. I do think that her, her choices of mainstream time travel stories and movies, like you're saying, if she wanted to really focus on marginalized writers, uh, alternative nationality books, if you wanted to then bring, go in and say, these are some world-class authors who also delve into, and let's talk about that and bring those authors to me so I can hear what you have to say and I can go seek them out and read them as well because I don't know who they are. And had somebody wrote a book saying time travel and international stories or the international time travel compendium or something. I don't know. I'm not making it up, but I'm saying that would have been, that would have been great to have something like that. Instead of telling your audience, admonishing your audience that these things, well, yes, they have time travel, but it really, really got to me. And I think it just kind of, when she started off with the writing, she didn't do that as much. And she had some really interesting things to say. So I was... With books? You, know, you mean yeah, with, with the, the books, books? Or with, with the, the books. movies? Kind of went in a weird way, right? When she started with the movies, and especially when she got... When she when she talked about Groundhog Day and Austin Powers... Those were like the weirdest selection. Well, yeah, to me. and she says about Groundhog's Day, that's where she focused on the Russian, her learning Russian. And I know she was making a reference to him using that time to learn over and over again, but she really mm-hmm. talked about this and I, I really didn't think it fit, but then she didn't want to elaborate on the hero's journey, which is what he was on. And then goes on to say, for these reasons, it may be hard to have Groundhog Day connect to modern audiences. Are you freaking kidding me? Anybody can watch Groundhog Day and <laughs> connect with what's going on. That's right. That, that just, it's like our, you like a nine-year-old kid can get it. Speechless. <laughs> I was, I was just, be, and I said that to my husband and he looked at me and went, are you kidding me? <laughs> and then she goes on about Austin Powers and continuing the series and how you can possibly make allow new it to diversify the content in a way that would appeal to more audiences. You're talking about Austin Powers, silly humor Mm -hmm. going back in time and forth in time if it's not going to appeal to every audience but the audience it appeals to they're fine with those movies she spun out on the movies i i I don't think she did them justice at all i do not either and i really questioned why she picked something like why did she pick meet the robinsons i mean that was just an odd select they're just odd selections yeah because there's so many excellent time i mean she definitely loved looper and i love looper 
and that was a great one. And Predestination, I Crazy. have her all over the place movie, but I didn't particularly care for it. But anyway, I X-Men, didn't either. Uh, and I kind of, when I watch, she's right though. You would have to watch it more than once because the first time there is just too much of what the hell is going on. I, mm-hmm. I you know, you're lost the whole movie. And then at the end, it's like your brain explodes. You have to do it again. And and when I didn't recognize the title. So when she talked about it, I, she started, to, I was like, I think I, I might have, is this got Ethan Hawke in it? And then I went and looked and I went, oh, I definitely need to see that again before I can even wrap my head around that one. Well, you know, you talk about the Robinsons. If you're going to bring in children's, why didn't you bring in the devil's arithmetic? Mm. You know, that well, that is a really powerful time travel book. Mm-hmm. And she talked about the midnight garden, which I hadn't read before in as a child. And I've recently got a graphic novel version of it for our library. What? Yeah, I never I didn't know it. I never heard of it until I found until I came across this graphic novel version. So I um I have read it, but now I want to read the book. So she did make me want to read that book. <laughs> you know, and and I'm I am fired up about about those things. But like I said, she did have some good caveats in there. She reminded me of some good movies I want to watch because when she talked about H.G. Wells' The Time Machine, mm-hmm. I wanted to watch the 1979 movie Time After Time. I love that movie. I know. That's one of my favorite movies. I tried yeah, to watch it talk about that one. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, I love that movie. I have it on um, whatever DVD, but I don't have a DVD player anymore. Find it tonight. I I do have it on DVD, but uh, that's one of my favorite movies. And so I I uh I have mixed feelings about this book. Really, really, it made me mad. It it put me. I, my... You know, I'll tell you truthfully. I I got to the point with where you're at, and I just said, you know, I'm how is she, the part that I wanted to read really was like how how where do you see the the vision of the time travel in these stories. What is their mode? Where, uh, what is some, I wanted to see more like what is the real science behind those pieces? Um, and she does touch on it and she learned some things. I actually had a few more ideas or mostly books that I would like to have had included in here. Um, Why don't we add that on? <laughs> I think we should add that on the website. Uh-huh. Just a list of the books that we recommend to read for, for time travel. Yeah, because um, one of the things that I wish, and this was probably the book that I'm talking about that I'm thinking of right now is Blake Crouch's uh, Recursion and then a new TV um, prime series called The Peripheral, um, which is by, I forgot, I wrote it down, Gibson, I think is his name, William Gibson. And the book I have not read yet, but I am going to as soon as I slow down on some other. Well, part of what's spurring current time travel stories comes from science of studying memory, dementia, and the the thought that we can hold our personalities, our memories, create our selves. And can we create, if we're having a memory, are we having some kind of time travel? And she does talk about that too, that the science of the psychology of time travel has to do with our memory is our closest way of experiencing time travel. And there's a lot of science going on now on one, we want to increase the power of our memory because 
I don't know, we're trying to keep up with, you know, Google, well, I guess, but <laughs> no, no, what we're, what, what, what we're trying to do is help with dementia and Alzheimer's. That's exactly right. And <clears throat> the one book, and I'm sorry, it's not in here and we're totally off the book now is Blake Crouch's recursion where they are building a machine to help with that. And it turns into a time once you have that memory, you can go back in time to that time. Oh, wow. And, and so that is a really, and that was just well-written and interesting and the other side of it is sim generation, you know, simulation, VR experiences. And that science is now, you know, it's it's now the mode of time travel. And um, you could use these headsets for mentally time traveling because we can't physically move our bodies, but we can seem to do particles and quantum physics in ways that mm-hmm. maybe our brain power could travel along these ways. So right. that's part of what um, I'm seeing in modern day time travel stories, that that science is um, dictating time travel in that way. Yes, our biology has not caught up to the physics <laughs> And the quantum. Yeah, that's because we can't take our particles apart. (laughs) Right. We're not at that Willy Wonka stage yet. So do you agree or disagree? Because that's one of the things she said. Is dreaming or recalling something true time travel? Well, it is the only time travel we have. (laughs) So if anything's too true time travel that is the truest because it actually happens and we can relive it and so our brains are experiencing the only time travel that we can do unless you are studying you know history mm-hmm. she talks about that a lot you know yeah get oh, into yeah. the you know build, like know everything about a skateboard <laughs> well what she said she said about looking for history look for history that interests you mm-hmm. and use it as a bridge to learn about different cultures different peoples advances in technology and follow your interests from there and that's so true because history is such a I used to say this when I taught because kids always thought history was boring. I was like, it's full of murderers and thieves and, mm-hmm. you know, people who do bad things and take over countries. And there's so much in history that you just don't, you know, you got to look at it differently because that's what it's about. Because the people who did all these things are the ones that wrote the history. So you have mm-hmm. to look into that and then you have to be a detective. Yeah. And it, it's it's a lot. I love history. I love history. I love historical fiction. I love uh, magical realism going in. There's quite a few, like The Outlander. I love that, right? I have not watched that yet, and I have not read it, but what would you recommend? Have you seen it and read it? I've watched it. I watched most of it. I don't think I've ever finished the series. The books are intense, and I did not appreciate her writing as much as I appreciated the series. So, Okay. Okay. Yeah. So of all the books and movies that she recommended, which ones grabbed you that you want to go back and either read or watch again? Um, I'll tell you, I, I might have to go back and check out Predestination. I have watched and I have read 11, 63, and I love that, both, both of them. And so I would totally recommend that for anybody. One of the things that I liked about was her links in each chapter. 
and at the end of the book, there was other articles that she would, that she linked mm -hmm. to. And I, I found myself going out and reading some of these articles and some pieces that um, she, you know, used for her research. So if you do delve into wondering about Elizabeth Howe's vision of what time travel is, get the digital version of the book because then you can easily get to the links that she shares. Yes, <clears throat> I will. I will say that. If you go to read this book, read it for the time travel stuff, skip the little sections that don't, that she goes off on a tangent about her, her pop psychology, and then mm -hmm. go to the legacy of whatever it is she's talking about, because she does yeah. really do a good job. Well, she is a space.com writer. She is a journalist. She is, she has an exclusive journalistic write to our vice president, Ms. Kamala, and she also is the journalist to the International Space Station. So she has a lot of experiences with current science as well. And you can find her on space.com. She's a staff writer. I agree that she went in some strange rabbit holes. I will definitely say that. And that it did take away and also seemed to get off track because I kept going, wait a minute, where now mm -hmm. let me go back and see what the science I was trying to dig around for anyway, because some, you know, me, I'm a, I'm a audio and I'm a digital and I'm a book. So I'm going to be in different places of with the story, but when audio part gets going and then she goes on some tangents and I'm like, wait a minute, where's the science part that I was looking at? And then, then I have to go back and find it, the thread in mm -hmm. the book. I had to do a little bit more work to keep up with what I wanted to learn from this book. So I'll agree with you on that. To me, to me, it was just, you're wasting my time. You're wasting my time. I wanted to read about time travel. I was excited about hearing about this and, and the books and the uh, movies that you brought out. Now you're wasting my time. If, you know, that, that just, that was my thing. Yeah. I got very uptight about it. <laughs> so there you go. I let things go a little bit easier than you do. That's okay though. We need to read books. You need to read books that are great and you need to read books that piss you off sometimes because yeah. you know there's something in there for you one way or another. There just was there was some some I just thought yes, I'm not going to keep going back on to the selection choices cuz there's so many to choose from. Mm -hmm. People would do the same thing if I made my my list of top 10 or 15, right? Yeah. So I, I can't do that. I think um, I would definitely I I want to do read some of the 50s because Ray Bradbury, I love 50s literature anyway. So I would do Tom's Midnight Garden. I want to get into Doctor Who because I've never, never started. Please do. Who. I don't have anybody hardly to talk about it with except my son. <laughs> and Hitchhiker's Guide, we've got that whole set. Um, I've never watched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure just because it sounded so stupid, but I'm it is going not. To I'm going to watch it now and Groundhog's Day is coming. I'm going to watch it. And I haven't read 112263, so that's on my list. And I was thinking, yes, I do need to watch Predestination again just to get a better feel for it. So those are my takeaways. And I reckon I could sit here and get upset all over again. And we could talk about all the time travel movies and There's books so that much. we would love to hear and see. But we figure you have something else to do. It's I think it's a beautiful day outside. Right. So go yeah. out, have some tea and time travel in your own memories. That's right. Browse your books or at your local bookstore and find a good time travel book. We will be back next Wednesday and you can follow us on our channels and Check us out on Instagram at theperfectblend underscore SC. And um, even our website if you to catch up on some of our last episodes. Yes. Until next time. 
until next time. Read and and sip on. Sip on. Take a big sip. Ha, 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 ha.